0: rugby coach weekly podcasts presents coaching laid bare with lisa bird burgess
1: and lj lewis
0: Welcome to Coaching Laid Bear Pod, where we discussed all aspects of coaching based on questions posed by the rugby coaches. Tonight's questions have been set by Dan Cottrell. Um, I'm joined tonight by my co host, LJ Lewis. LJ, how are we doing? How's it been going? Hi, what have you been up
1: to? I'm good, thanks. Uh, enjoying the sun today. Been out on another cycle on my own, hours piece, a bit of time to myself, um, and took my little boy, Patrick, out this morning. Got him out of the house, tried to run him ragged so that he, he slept this afternoon, which unfortunately he didn't sleep. So that was
0: oh, no. Australian.
1: But um, anyway, he's asleep now. So uh, you've got my full attention and uh, I'm feeling pretty uh, sun, sun kissed. Oh, you're
0: looking looking (laughs) sun-kissed as well, Jenks. See those rosy cheeks. (laughs) Looking forward to catching up with you in a minute. And we're delighted tonight to have our guest tonight, uh, Maria Crawford. Hi, Maria. How's it going? Maria's currently um, Loughborough University women's head coach. Um, So, Maria, tell us a little bit about yourself and welcome on the show.
2: Yeah, hello. So, thank you for having me um, both. So, uh, yeah, I've just finished my first season with um, the Loughborough University women's team. Um, so I head coach there and we, we've just received double promotion as well so um, yeah finished wow. the season on a high for sure um, and then I previously worked with um, De Montfort University in Leicester so I coached their men's teams um, for a couple of years and then also Sutton Coalfield men Um so I coached there for a year as well previous to that
0: wow that's a really exciting CV then I know you're um, awaiting your level three results as well yeah that's right in a couple of weeks or something
2: yeah definitely so just one more observation to to go so whenever rugby comes back uh, yeah i can finish that off hopefully wow you seem to have fitted a lot of things in there because how old are you now at the moment uh 24 25
0: in july Wow. You've done a lot there on your coaching, coaching journey. Yeah, really busy. Yeah. So um, oh, congratulations on that. And I hope, I'm sure your level three will go well. So good luck with all that. Um, really looking forward to chatting to you and getting your views and opinions tonight. So, Alj, over to you. You're going to host the questions tonight. So, um,
1: yeah. so yeah,
0: over to you, Alge.
1: Um, So thought we start with a university question, because you both, um, like yourself, Maria Bird, you are also head up the university programme at Hartbury. So just wonder what you guys um, have been doing in regards to recruitment. And obviously with this kind of difficult period, how have you been keeping in touch um, with your, with your players and also potential players during lockdown? Are you you Bird first? Yeah, go on. Let's go to the
0: old girl first. Um, So, uh, so yeah, at Hartbury. Well, at the moment, currently, as you guys know, I'm on furlough. So um, it's pretty difficult. Well, Obviously, we can't do anything at the moment. But prior to, um, you know, uni recruitment is is massive for us because obviously um, we need to recruit those new players in. So I don't know about you, Maria, but we um, we end we have lots of open days. Um, we get in touch with players; they they, they register their interest. We follow it with calls on that, and we meet them, show them around the campus, um, chat up, and follow up with emails. And also, um, Rosslyn Park has been a a great place for us place for us to go to. We um, with the school sevens competitions um, you know to get a tent there and kind of sell us at this our stall to show what Hartbury can offer um, you know getting out to schools and clubs and local colleges as well uh, having a really big recruitment drive that's that's brought in some some players to us as well I think it's really important to sow the seed early in um, in you know in colleges and schools what opportunities there are at Hartbury University because um, obviously, as you know, we got a junior program there, um, you know, sixteen to eighteen, and then eighteen and over before, um, obviously, Tyrrells. So, um, so yeah, it's you know, it's prior to it's been pretty straightforward trying to get those players' meetings organised, and then obviously, when when you know the pandemic hit, it was a bit of a nightmare really because um, we got all those players and you know. what what could we do because especially as foot once we were furloughed as staff so prior to that it was really putting the ownership back on the players that were already in Hartbury um, those those Bucks players that would continue to play so Mm -hmm. setting up a new committee as soon as possible to get those those kind of working with um the new players as well to introduce themselves um, and and sow the seed about what our culture is and setting our standards um bearing in mind i have to say we're we're only now in june and um you know we're, we're ahead of when the students would come back anyway so um yeah. you know hopefully there's a bit of light at the end of the tunnel on that but yeah a lot of it obviously now i'm furloughed um the ownership has gone onto the players to keep that contact up with the new girls that are coming and and obviously ensuring that they're still coming so you know <laughs>
1: yeah
0: but I, I don't know marie i've talked a lot there What? Well, how about you
2: yeah similar i think obviously we're similar pathways in terms of having a, a college and then feeding into the university and then obviously feeding into to tb15s as well so there's a clear pathway and i think um certainly how we use lightning development last year is it was a lot of the college um players or um potentially cv um so center of excellence kind of graduates from that program uh, or leicestershire county or nld or kind of the surrounding areas so we use um, Use lightning development as a, as a recruitment tool, I guess. So, um, you know, giving 17, 18 year olds game time, um, a taste of kind of what Loughborough is, and you know, getting them onto campus and giving them an experience of what kind of performance rugby is about. So, yeah, from that point of view, similar to you, you know, done it a little bit before, um, before lockdown, I guess, which was key, um, yeah, and then during lockdown, yeah, we similar, we've got a committee, so and you know empowering them to to get into contact with um, some of the new players um and we also get loads of new players um in october so when we start we have a a freshers bazaar which is when every sport has a has a stall and it's just yeah it's just massive so we get you know 60 70 people turn up to our taster sessions which is just mad so just yeah i guess one of our recruitment um tools is that um, which is massive yeah. for us and kind of populates the second or kind of the, the third team development team um, a lot that we'll hope to have next year so yeah.
0: Yes yeah, so, I mean I'm um, just hitting on stuff there the Freshers Bazaar is always fantastic great fun obviously and um, yeah you get lots of girls <laughs> we had certainly quite a few last year that are new to rugby I've never played before but um you know we still got they're still coming along this year as well and it's, it's really difficult isn't it because you've got like you said we've got the academy with our juniors that are there to get the taste this is what it's like a heartbeat this is the expectations and Alge, I know you used to yeah. be in charge of the junior academy there and you know for us we we made it through to the final of Bucks you know the national league, league this year and it was um you know there was 19 of those players that actually come through the Hartbury system so you know it's phenomenal to think that and then those players will will hopefully stay on to represent you know Tyrrells. so we're quite lucky um two university sides loughborough and Hartbury, in the similar situations where we're kind of growing and creating our own talent our own culture that then can hopefully go all the way through to the top level of the game and it, you know we're, we're quite lucky because we're competing with the likes of LJ's club now, like your Wasps and your Saracens and your Quins, which are club based sides. But yep. for us, we've got that kind of continuity with our players and the expectations and standards are there. You know, LJ, I don't I know think,
1: if you, you want to. I think come. the nice thing as well, um and Bird, you just mentioned it about trying to help players with the ownership type thing when take them away from the on field stuff and actually setting up committees and driving, you know, driving a culture, getting them used to those kind of things, which actually is. A lot of what rugby is about you know not just going and playing for your 80 minutes every week and training and even you know you flip it to a, a just a, a club side you know we want players at Wasps to get involved with the club not just come and put their boots on and, and play and train so I think your programs are really valuable for that Um because they have to take those committee roles on and I know Bird it's been a big thing that you focused on when you took the role over to try and you know, empower the players with those kind of roles. And I don't know if that's the same with you at Loughborough, Maria, if you've had to help empower the players with those committee roles and stuff. Yeah,
2: definitely. And I think that you're developing people as well as players, aren't you? So they're just giving them something to do away from the pitch. So they're not just training, playing games and going in the gym all the time. You know, you give them another purpose um, and it just, it will help them just become better players Um, and also just understanding what it's like to run a club or what it's like to, um, you know, run an event or, um, organize on match day. So, you know, understanding the box side of things and the rules and regs with that, it just kind of gives them, yeah, kind of an overall theme of of what the club's about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, that's that's really good and i and I think you know, we're not just creating rugby players, are we we're creating people and yeah. and with that comes that those responsibilities as well you know be the best player that you can, have a great time you're going out in the night, which what but, but let's be honest, bucks universities they like to go and celebrate after they won, and um you know, but they've got to be on that training park nine o'clock in the morning, and if they're not, then you know. they're the questions you're asked but it's getting that getting it right getting the balance right and getting that understanding you know so um so yeah no it's um it's 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 great i mean i I love coaching the university side i think it's brilliant get a real nice mix of people um and you know it's it's like i say it's that continuum between the academy at Harbury, then then the bucks then the the um actual Terrell's premiership side which is great
1: yeah I think um, that leads quite nicely Bird, into, into kind of our next point. You were just saying about um, if they, uh, they go out, have a few bevies, which obviously when they're a 16, 17-year-old, they never do. So that's the first time when they get to university rugby. Um, and then they don't <laughs> turn up the next morning. You know, how do you, what do you do? Um, so kind of do you tell a player off if they step over the mark or, or don't you?
0: Uh, what do you think? That's an interesting one. Do you want me to go with this one, Maria? Shall I start?
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Go on. Give it a go. Do you tell the players off, basically? Well, if they if they've been out, you know, basically, I think telling players off, you know, I think you've got to understand them as people as well. um So, you know, the first thing I do is certainly make contact with them and say, you know, look, you weren't here this morning. What happened? What's your story? And and get them to explain Um, because when you when you do a face-to-face with a coach I wouldn't want to speak to them over the phone I'd want to see them I said look I need to see you come down let's have a chat about this you weren't there our expectations are very clear. We've outlined what they are and you didn't turn up to training. And then, you know, it all depends what kind of answer you get, to be honest. <laughs> if you get the answer, well, yeah, I overslept. I wasn't feeling great. And then, you know, on social media, there they were, you know, doing whatever they were doing. Because they, they tend to forget that we check social media as well, some of the university students. Then, you know, I just kind of, I always kind of go down the line, I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed in you. And I think that kind of works. Um, because actually when somebody says, I just think about myself, when somebody says they're disappointed in you, that kind of makes you feel pretty crap, really. And I think you've got a bit of self-reflection to do there. And just kind of stress the values, you know, this is why we're here, this is what we're driving towards. And, um, you know, and get them to kind of reflect on themselves and think why, why they've let people down. But I should, certainly wouldn't be, you know, t- shouting and screaming at them and telling them off. I think it'd be a case of getting them to understand why we, why I'm disappointed and why the team's disappointed in them yeah i don't know maria do you want to come in there
2: i think i think that's the worst thing isn't it is when your parent or you know somebody that you look up to says oh uh, i'm not angry i'm just disappointed and <laughs> you think, oh, that's the worst thing to happen so uh, yeah I, I i think similar really i think sometimes um you know if um you know we've had it on on the side of the pitch maybe somebody shouting on um because they're passionate about watching their team and they're probably injured or um you know and they're they're frustrated and they shout on and they it's a cup game and there's their emotions and all you have to do is just look at them and, and they'll stop you know shouting or you know making a big song and dance or saying you know they're offside or whatever. Um so I think yeah you can you can do it with a look can't you um some of the time and then just what we've tried to do this year is just to create an environment where the players do it themselves. Yeah. So our club captain this year has been amazing and, and kind of phenomenal in terms of linking up lightning players top end players but then also um you know getting to know and understanding what it's like to be a player that's never played before and maybe never played a team sport before either so doesn't know kind of what the the culture or environment is so yeah what we've tried to do is just to try and get the players to do it themselves and um you know you're letting your teammates down that's the worst thing because you'll see them in the on the night out or you'll see them you know in a lecture and you'll meet them on campus um so yeah I, I think that's probably one of the biggest things um and then yeah having those difficult conversations i think you can't get away from it as a coach sometimes so you've just got to have it and then yeah you know, hopefully then the learning and the understanding will take place after that um and your your relationship will be better and the respect then is there from from you both as well
0: I think that's yeah. spot spot on, Maria. I think that's really spot on. I think you know it is important as a coach to learn to have those difficult conversations, which you know are hard to do, but it's part of your job. You've got to do it. And at the same time, you know, like you say, that ownership from the players is paramount in in driving those cultures and standards. And I know we do it, LG I know you do it with juniors as well. Is we do something called rolling the dice, which the players take ownership for, and whenever it lands on, then you've got a penalty as well. So um, so yeah, that's gone down well it didn't go down well with the players That rolled dice but yeah you know that went down well <laughs> that went yeah. down well you know? <laughs> I think
1: helping helping players see that they're um, you know you, you make a choice so your action you go do it but when you're in a team and uh, I like your idea Maria of the captain driving those sort of things they've got to realise that it's not just their their decision may not just affect them it may affect other people um, and having that conversation bird to allow them to reflect because everyone makes mistakes. Everyone gets caught up in the heat of the moment and thinks, you know what, this is what I need to do right now. But when you are part of a team and maybe you're driving towards a goal or um, you're trying to develop a culture, sometimes your need isn't actually right for the team, but you might not be in the right place to stand back and go, well, actually, I really, really want to do this. But the bigger picture in six weeks' time, I'll be a better person for not doing it. And so will my team. So maybe having that conversation with them, getting them to reflect and then also using someone like your captain is a really, will hopefully then kind of ingrain that message. Um, but I agree telling them off like a child isn't helpful because even if we're talking about, you know, a, a junior player as in a 16, 17, 18 year old, always talking about a university player always talking about a club player you know you don't need to tell them off you just need them to to reflect and see what their actions relate to the team not just what they felt they needed at that moment in time so
2: mm.
1: yeah i think um the telling them off part, <laughs> I yeah. feel like I'm not your mother.
0: <laughs> no, exactly. You, you know, yeah. they've got, they've got to accept ownership. Players have got to accept ownership. So it's not up to us to be shouting at them and telling them off. However, I think when you see players that are, you know, not putting any effort in, you know, they're capable of more. Sometimes they change your tone in your voice, you know, what, you know, that, that does have an impact. And, and I would never advise that's done every session. But if you know players aren't putting the effort in, and they're capable of much more. Sometimes, you know, a difference in to t- change the tone in your voice. You know, you know, come on, what, what's that? You know, what are you doing? You're better than that. Um, let's let's have a bit more effort from you. You know, it, it does have an effect as well. And I'm not saying you're yelling and screaming at them, but they know that you're not happy, and they, they need to put more of an effort in. Don't know, any do you think that, from
1: that? Do you think that comes from your relationship with them, though, Bird? Oh, and- you you know them
0: yeah and i think maria touched on that as well in her answer you know yeah i i think you've got to, as a coach as coaches we know to get the best out of your place you've got to know them you've got to get to know them how what makes them tick you know what makes them work the best and and you have to build those relationships up like like maria alluded to earlier um i
2: don't
0: know if you want to add anything to that maria
2: yeah and just understanding them as people again just touching on that again like understanding their backgrounds where they come from their family dynamics all of that i mean you you know, you still get parents that come to watch every single university game, no matter where it is in the country. So but actually, you know, something that I've reflected on is I should go and have conversations with them and get to know them and, you know, why are they there and have they always gone to matches and, you know, if um, you know, dad's there but but mum isn't, you know, why is that? And, you know, just getting to know them a little bit more. And then, you know, later on you you might be able to kind of touch upon that again and say, Oh, you know, I was talking to your dad the other day and there's just yeah. instantly that little bit better rapport there's more respect that you're just knowing them more as a person I think sometimes there's a reason why players are, are out of sorts or um you know turn up late and understanding why that is and seeing if it's out of character because it might not be for some players but it also might be for, for others as well
1: yeah definitely the the yeah. getting to know their wider network their their inner circle of people is quite powerful isn't it definitely um especially when you when you start working with them quite at a younger age, like the teenage age, you know, reflecting on my time in the academy, getting to understand where they've come from, understand their story really helps you to, to find out what, what the kind of person they are, what they've experienced, what might make them respond to you. Like you say, Bird, if you need to maybe kind of change how you speak to them, sometimes you might get something more out of them because you've understood, understood where you've come from. Um, Just kind of, touching on that and also um, like you just touched on Bird about if you're not sure if someone's really applying themselves in the session um, thinking about the kind of player you'd rather work with, would you rather work with a player who um, will argue with you or a player who will basically just do what you say and won't ever challenge you Maria have you got some thoughts on that first
2: yeah definitely the one that I, I don't know. I'd, I'd question the Argue. I suppose I don't don't necessarily want a player to argue with me. I want them to challenge me, and um, you know, challenge the concepts or challenge the drill or the the way we play, the game plan, all of that. You want people to challenge them, not just the players, but your co-coaches, your staff, your team managers, like anyone that can see that something um, you know needs to be challenged, then then do it because that will be you'll be a better person for it. Um, and it, from a player's point of view. You know, if you challenge your coach and um, maybe the way they've delivered a, a message or, again, the, the skill or the drill that they're, they're doing, if you challenge them, then the coach is going to get better because they're going to understand where you're coming from. Maybe, you, maybe the player learns in a different way and just didn't get it. You progressed it too quickly and we've left somebody behind. So just understanding, you know, the players and, um, and how they respond to different elements of training is really key. Um, yeah, I, d- I definitely question the the argue. I definitely don't want players that argue with me, but because uh, it goes back to that, you know, am I telling them off or are they telling me off? You know, parent um, parent child kind of relationship. So yeah, but definitely challenge. Um, and I think that there's a deeper level of respect that's built with players that challenge you um, from from me to them, but also from them to me if if I actively listen and then I act upon it as well
0: yeah no I I, that's again spot on I think the word argue is is you know you don't want players to argue that creates the the wrong environment but I certainly agree with you Maria you want them to challenge and discuss with you if they don't agree with something it also you know it also makes you think about how you're um delivering delivering like you said is your coaching you know up to where it should be with regards to how you're explaining it to the players is it something you know that they don't understand what you're trying to get across so they're, they're they're challenging you on that um it all depends as well um what kind of level they're at as well because sometimes with different players i think um you know like beginners intermediates and experienced players you've got kind of a different continuum along there what you'd expect your players to do and i would expect expect wholeheartedly um discussions with um kind of really experienced players and coaching when you're setting a coaching plan a game plan you know this is what we want to achieve you know, players in their little groups to question, look at it, yeah, that would work, mm, maybe that wouldn't, or oh, could we tweak that coach? So you get those real discussions going on, because at the end of the day, that those players are the ones on the on the field that have to make those decisions and understand what we're trying to achieve. So no, I, I agree with you, I think, um, no, definitely do not want players arguing <laughs> with, um, with me as a coach, but, How, I, but um, I really think they should challenge. Think,
1: just thinking about that point, so I, I agree with you both, definitely the Challenging elements, great, but how would you then deal with a player that is arguing with you? Like, what for whatever reason, maybe they've had a bad day, maybe you guys have had something going on away from rugby and they've brought it into your set. Like, and they are arguing with you. What do you do? Like, how do you manage it?
2: Yeah, I, I think I don't know if you guys would agree, but the, the difference between, or one of the main differences between um, coaching the women's game and coaching the men's game, um, certainly the the, the girls that I coach at the university they ask loads of questions, yeah. loads and loads. Of those, whereas the guys just want to get on with it and just practically do it. <laughs> so you always yeah. have to encourage them to ask questions and encourage them to challenge. Whereas the yeah the the women at the university do it all the time. Um. So again, just understanding the person behind the player, see it, you know, un- trying to understand what they're going through, having that empathy of being a student athlete. You know, if they're a top athlete at the uni, then they're going to have to be, you know, going to the gym uh, a lot more than, say, a a beginner player. They're going to have lots of um, kind of other things that are going on, maybe under-20s, other commitments. You know, do they have another sport that's putting pressure on them? So, you know, I love when we get a couple of players that are competing in other sports uh, and maybe they don't like rugby because of of the contact element. Um, So, you know, that relationship and understanding, you know, they don't want to do contact because, and there's a reason for it, And just kind of, um, yeah, kind of troubleshooting with them and and trying to problem solve. Um, But yeah, I think it goes back to having those difficult conversations, just being open to it and trying to learn from it as a coach and trying to get more experience from from the players. Because, you know, as you said, they're they're the ones that are on the pitch. They're the ones that, that are feeling the game and feeling training as well.
0: Yeah. And and um, um, I don't disagree with that at all, Maria, the points you made there. And I think, LJ, going back to your question about, you know, how you'd actually specifically deal with a player that was arguing, I think it all depends, again, on what the situation is. I mean, if it's in the middle of the training there, like, you know, oh, you know, whatever, coach. Uh, and I'd like, right, we'll continue this. I'll, I'll have a conversation at the end of training. Let's just get on with things now, you know. Whereas if you got, if it's a, you know, you got time to actually, somebody says, I oh, don't disagree, you know, I disagree with what you're saying. You can pull them and and you might have a chance to sit down with them. But if you're in a coaching situation, it's like, right, okay, I can see you don't agree with that. We'll have to come back and revisit that, you know. And it's, it all depends. If they keep it going, then obviously you can ask them to leave the session if it's too um, disharmonious. Disharm- but I have to say, touch wood, I haven't had um, situations like that, you know, where players have reacted in that way. But um, but yeah, you've got to think carefully because you don't want it to disrupt you don't want it to disrupt yeah. the whole session for the players, you know?
2: Yeah. yeah. Finding the right space as well. So you know, on the side of the pitch might not be the best way if if their mates are hanging around because they all live together. So there's a time constraint element to that. So yeah. you know, when's good for you tomorrow? When when have you got a break in between lectures? When can we meet where there's no time constraint where we can just sit and chat and yeah. and then you you know, you might not have got to know that player, so then you've got that opportunity, but then you can also then talk about the the argument or the um the challenging or you know um whatever the, the kind of
1: conversation needs to be had as well absolutely yeah i really like that idea of taking trying you know trying to de-escalate the situation taking that that particular point but bringing it up with them at another point in time another day even because that mm. you know that always helps de-escalate um so moving them out of the scenario and then like you say bird Worst mm. case, you know, if they're being really, like if they are generally being disruptive to everybody, you know, there is that point where really calmly and politely you can just ask them to to yeah. leave and, and we'll pick this up once, mm. we're, once we're done here. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's, yeah,
0: sorry, I think wrong. it's yeah, so yeah. so important as a coach and, a, you know, you have to maintain that dignity, you have to maintain that control because if players see you kind of retaliating and getting involved in that kind of tit for tat that you know respect yeah. is gone you, you've got to like you said the word de-escalate absolutely sums it up there you know that's what you yeah. need to do and just calm it down and then speak to that player at an appropriate time yeah I'm oh,
1: um, just thinking a little bit more now about yourself personally and uh, I know we're all competitive animals we're in sport and we're also coaches which makes us want to win a lot of the time um, but thinking about maybe setbacks um whether it be a winning losing scenario maybe uh, you didn't get a position that you went for um or you didn't get offered a position you thought you should have got how do you deal with kind of setbacks within your coaching um bird have you got some thoughts around that yourself
0: yeah i think um I think a lot of it as an, as a coach, you will get setbacks. Everyone gets setbacks, you know, life brings you setbacks, but specifically with regards to coaching, I think a lot of it is, is about having uh, the time to reflect. Um, If you don't, don't achieve something or maybe don't get a coaching job, for example, take that. So you've applied for something you didn't get it. Um, You know, what, what were the factors and was it you know a first and foremost was it right for you did you do everything you could to prepare yourself for the interview um did you you know did the players you were coaching understand what you were trying to deliver I think it's really important to to reflect on how you performed and what you did and and also get advice from people make sure you get feedback from um people that work closely with you so um you know, you, you, can, you can assess where you are as a coach and reflect on things. I, th- I just think that's so important to do that and never lose sight of that. I mean, for me personally, I, I really int- it's a bit like when I was teaching, you know, I taught such a long time. You know, we had an open door policy where members of staff come in and watch your lesson and actually talk to you about what they, how they found it. Because you never want to lose sight about what your, you know, the, the children or the players in front of you, how they're reacting to you as a person you know, and and actually what you're saying, it's it's really good. And watching yourself on video, I always find for any new coaches out there as well. If you um, watch yourself, I remember when I first, you know, was coaching, I, I used to kind of go, yeah, you got it right? Yeah yeah and it's you know and these little habits or a flick of my hair all the time like this <laughs> and it's like these little That's
1: things the <laughs> <bin>.
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah my yeah. hair now you so should say I've got bunch, bunches at the moment people that can't see me yeah <laughs> but yeah I think it's really important as, as, as a coach to be able to reflect on yourself and accept you know um you know kind of positive criticism as well so you can you can do the things you need to do to improve yourself yeah
2: yeah i think something that i've i've had this year is this um that i'd never heard of before is having a critical friend so having a friend away from your environment not you know not not a co-coach not a, not a team manager nothing like that but somebody away from the environment that knows you as a friend um but also can be critical to you so that kind of constructive feedback that you can, that they give you um you know knowing when to say that and when not to so Right after a session probably isn't the best time when it's kind of hot with you and you, yeah, you're fuming and you've rung them up and you you're just venting and you're just chatting and and you're not happy with something. But then just giving them a call, you know, the morning after the afternoon or dropping a message and just saying, you know, this happened. It was really frustrating. Um, that yeah, the, having a critical friend is really key. I think it's definitely helped me, especially being in Loughborough and kind of in the Loughborough bubble where you're you're in it all the time and you're coaching there and. Um, you know i was a player there as well at uni so being back in that environment just taking a step back and um you know f- phoning a friend or um you know partner or a colleague and um yeah that critical friend has really helped me this year just to review um kind of situations and setbacks um 9 times out of 10 you know sessions aren't as bad as they seem um e- either you review them back watching the footage or you talk to players afterwards uh, and, and sometimes sessions can be you know, really well planned, the best session you've ever done, you feel, but players don't feel that and they feel like it's the worst session or there were elements that were terrible and then it could be the other way around. So, you know, I, I think that the session's gone really badly and I was uncomfortable, but actually the players loved it because it was something <laughs> new, it was really, cha- you know, chaotic. It was, you know, and they love it. So, yeah, I think I think just having that critical friend for me and then just knowing the difference between kind of hot and cold reviews and, Um, getting the players feedback on sessions is really key because it's it's not as bad as it seems most of the time
1: yeah i really i like that idea of a a critical friend i definitely know i uh well i know me and bird talk i was your critical friend LJ. yeah (laughs) when we worked together we used to spend a lot of time reflecting i know that for sure after you know post sessions post games chatting um i really like the open door policy from the teaching point of view bird too um I definitely know, like I personally feel that with that respect, there's also that element of feeling trust for those people too. Um, Maybe it's a female thing. Maybe it's something that I've just over time had to work through. But I know early, early, early years, people watching me or people coming in, my first thought would be like, they're going to be ripping my session apart, tearing me down. Um, When actually I've worked with some really great people now who, yourself included in that bid but who have you know i've been able to bounce ideas off of um or have been able to turn around to me say maybe maybe think about the words you were using for this that might have been a better way or i really like this part but this is what i what else i need out of it have you thought can we can we get this out of it um and i i've worked with some really great mentors co-coaches directors of rugby who i feel trust that I don't feel they are watching me and tearing me down, but actually mm. wanting me just to make everything better. So hearing mm. their opinions really is quite powerful. Um, and then I also think touching on the part, bird where you said about uh, coaching setbacks as in coaching jobs. Mm. I know myself, I've had quite a lot. Um, and I honestly believe every time I've had a coaching setback in that respect, I've become a better coach and after the initial hurt has gone away of why not me? I really thought I'd nailed that. And then I've reflected and Mm. I've thought, well, actually what do I really want? What do I really want to achieve? And I've gone away and tried to make myself better. And it probably hasn't happened overnight. It definitely hasn't. But over a period of time, I definitely say within a 12 month period, I reflect back on that interview. I did. I look at what I'd done in that 12 months and what I look like as a coach. And I'm like, well, I'm better now anyway. So actually it was a good thing me not getting that role because I, I'm, I've become a better person and a better coach so but it always hurts it's <laughs> so okay yeah. for it to hurt, I think as well
0: yeah it's okay and I think and I think as well LJ on that as well you know sometimes we can be really hard on ourselves as coaches and that's why Maria I really like that critical friend you know just asking someone you trust like lg and i used to travel up to training all the time and we you know we're forever oh this is what i've planned what do you think how can i tweak it how can i get it better do you think they understood it and you know having that ability to bounce off someone you trust is um is really great and and you know for them to be critical as well so you can improve and be the best um Mm. and then like i said as coaches you know we can be really hard on ourselves sometimes and it's important you know to take that time reflect and and really think about what you want to achieve and get out of things and i think Alja i can't agree with you more like sometimes when things don't happen there's a reason for it i'm a great believer in that and then when you've got time to think back you think oh god yeah i may not have done that as well and actually the things have worked out a bit better i mean and sometimes you just got to admit actually i made a complete mess of that and, and these were the reasons why so not be afraid to kind of try things out and if it goes wrong it goes wrong but work out and understand why why it didn't go as as you wanted it to yeah yeah. it's just
2: that isn't it as well having experiences so i was talking to um our snc coach at loughborough and he was saying that um when he looks at job descriptions talking about good experience he wouldn't necessarily think of what he thinks about it now so he now thinks a good experience is where you've made mistakes you've learned from it you've got better either the players have got better or you've got better in terms of your understanding of that that certain area. And that's something that we've been able to do this year is is the two of us, we're, we were safe in in our team in terms of us two coaching. So we were trying things and we were trying new drills, we were trying a conditioning session, we trained on a Thursday night after a Wednesday just to see what it was like and just to test the players and um, you know see what was the best thing And for them, for them, and for the environment, so yeah, it's all about that experience and yeah, learning from the mistakes or learning from the setbacks and understanding why, and then just getting better from it and learning from it.
1: Yeah, um, so just thinking a little bit about setbacks from a winning and losing point of view, and uh, when we win and lose, there's always someone else involved in that scenario, as a referee. And we sometimes stand there and blame the referee when we've lost Or okay. not depends on, <laughs> depends on how emotionally charged you are at that point in time Or how the game went in terms of the referee um, But just thinking about that Do you think as a coach you need to know as much as the referee? Um, or do you think referees need to know more than us? Or like, What's your opinion around, around that? Bird? Yeah, or definitely, Maria, definitely. sorry Sorry,
2: so I, I think um I think it helps massively if you know uh, as much or more than the referee to be honest because um certainly uh, in in the leagues that we're in you, you get kind of your regular referees so you start to get to know them and you you start to almost do analysis on them uh, and work out what they're doing um, so and, and what I always said to to our captain and to our players is that you'll always get a ref that has something that there's it's their pet hate and you have it as a coach as well. There's something that you just you hate players doing or there's something in a game that you just, if it don't roll away at the breakdown, it's straight away a penalty. There's no, there's no two questions about it. So understanding what that is from a referee's point of view and then being able to simulate that in training um, can kind of give you a real, a real up in terms of when it comes to match days. Um, I think it depends what level you're at in terms of how much you can do with, with that um, and how often you get the same referee um but yeah I think it definitely helps and then the the other thing that kind of was thinking about is is that often as coaches we're we we're playing a game um and and we're delivering that game but we're not refereeing it and if if we're coaching something that needs refereeing which is a lot in rugby then you need to be refereeing it as well either that's you or a co-coach or a player that and maybe can't do it because it's it's a contact game, but they can still run around. Getting somebody to referee the game just allows the players to have a, an element of simulation within that. Think like thinking back to when I play, there's nothing more frustrating than um, you know the coach hammering on about offsides all the time. But then in a touch game, everyone's living offside because they know it's not ref. So yeah. just yeah, just using the co-coaches or or whoever's you know available to to referee the game so that then you can coach it. Um, I think is, is is cool as well.
0: That's a a great point that is, Maria, because, yeah, often when we're coaching, sometimes we lose track of things. I think that's a really important use of other coaches. So for those coaches out there that, you know, there's two or three of you, definitely get them to referee in those game situations and decide what you want them to look at so you can utilise them, but also make sure the players are really switched on to what those laws are. I think that, um, like you said, getting to know the refs really helps. But also, as a coach, you have to know the laws of the game because otherwise you don't know what you're coaching. So you've got to know those, those laws. You've got to understand them. Um, you know, and a good thing, I'm sure you guys have done it as well is getting a referee, inviting a trusted referee in, um, at the start of the season, if there's been any law changes just to explain to players as well. So you get that understanding what they're actually looking for. Um, and that's been really helpful sometimes getting them in just to talk to them, especially with new change, changing the laws. Um, and I think it's important to make sure as well with the, with the refs and, and your players, how you talk to refs as well and what, what you want to get, like you said, at the start of the game, you know, is there anything you want us to look out for ref or, or you'll be looking out for specifically just so you can kind of understand where those refs are coming from. Um, so, yeah, definitely as co- as coaches, you need to be on top of the laws and, and know know what they are um, so you can articulate those to the players. Definitely. I don't know. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. I, both of you, you guys have got kind of spot on answers there and understanding, <laughs> understanding what the the ref's going to be looking for. So asking those real key questions on match day. So like you said, Maria, you guys have started getting to that, that point where you could figure out what ref you've got, because you've probably got a local ref coming quite regularly to your home games. So that might then allow you to build that relationship and get an idea of what they're looking for. So then, you know, give that, that ref positive pictures uh, where, wherever it be in the game um, also my other thing that I was thinking about is uh after games now and I, again I, su- I suppose it does depend on your, your kind of time and the time of the ref but I've this season been much better at sitting down with our um, with our DOR with the ref and actually debriefing with them so trying to be very non hot headed <laughs> not going with too many opinions uh, and just trying to hear what they were seeing. Um, Maybe having a couple of key moments where you were unsure to why, you know, did you not, what, you know, why were you letting the opposition get away with this, but not us? and trying to be really, really specific, not emotional. Um, And that definitely has helped us build relationships with the refs that we've been getting at home. obviously a way it's different because you can you can speak we still try to speak to that ref but it's a lot harder so I think getting a good relationship with refs like I as a coach know this season I've found it much more beneficial um and like you say having a real clear understanding of the the laws is is key I think a big area for me where I've been trying to get really hot in how I managed it with the refs of the scrum as well um like I know, yeah. you know, the, the Premiership level, we want them to ref it like they would ref any kind of top-end men's game. But as you start mm-hmm. moving down the game, no safety becomes really important. So understanding the laws from a safety point of view, yeah. like you guys have already expressed, the the university player might be a brand new player. And what if we're in the front row? You know, being able to be clear with those rules, safe mm-hmm. from the safety point, will be really important. Um, And supporting the ref with that, maybe as well. Yeah. Um, So. You hit yeah. some, you on
0: some good points there, Alge, and I think, you know, that's, that's key, that is. And again, we're lucky because we can do that at the end of games, we get a chance to talk to the referees and sit down, especially at the, you know, the Premiership Tyrells level, it's not called Tyrells anymore, but the Rugby Championship, the girls play at the top level in England, it, you know, it, it's, it's key. And it's those little frustrating things where actually things that you've interpreted, they interpret in a different way, it's, it's, it's gaining their understanding on that. So the next time you're playing, you know, the, you know you've got those rests, like you said, Alge, you can identify with the players and and get the players to remember, remember how they refereed that, right, this is what we're going to do and get your different, you know, tweaks to your game plan to accommodate that. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it is frustrating sometimes with some referees, especially when you play away and you don't know the ref and they interpret things in a different way. So sometimes your halftime talks or messages you get on have got to be really clear and specific. Look, the ref's really looking at that, targeting that, you know, let's make sure we're, we're, we're identifying and addressing it. I don't know, Maria. As sometimes with Bucks, I I don't know what you think, but we've had to do that quite a lot, certainly during the game and at half time.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Just just trying to work out what they. Certainly, from a, a Bucks point of view, in the in the second tier uh, with the first team of the last season, it was it was always something that they were really hot on, and it was just trying to get the place to work it out as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, and and I started to do that as a coach, it's just stopped kind of. Looking at the players and, and the opposition, that my focus was the ref and just trying to understand right, what is he blowing up for? What and we started marking down penalties and, and just to get that live like kind of analysis going through. And you don't need a video to know that you you just sit there and just kind of watch what the referee is doing um, and then feed that back to the players as soon as you can. And um, I think just um, just reminded me of uh, something that happened lower down the leagues. Obviously, you can uh, run onto the pitch as a coach and you, you're often in the water. Uh, water carrier as well so my, when I was coaching at Sutton Coldfield, coaching their, their twos running on the water and would often run on the kicking tees as well so we'd often chat to the ref, and you know just you know how, how's the game going for you you know what you know what are you picking up how you know what's your position like and you know it was a competitive game but um, you know it's not a competitive league for, for us uh, when I was coaching them and uh, and anyway we we ended up winning the game by two points and then um, one of the spectators had a real go at me and said, "You've been talking to the ref. You've been putting in his ear. You, he's added on an extra two points just so you can." <laughs> and I was like, "You know what? So what if I have? Because at least I've got a good relationship with with the ref." <laughs> <And then> Obviously, <once, laughs> I you know, it was just just asking how he was, and and then, you know, he's a person at the end of the day, and I think sometimes you forget that, especially in the lower leagues, you the ref turns up and it's you know you don't always kind of respect them in the same way that you should so yeah that was quite funny to tell <laughs> the again just because I'd be talking to the ref but the haters <laughs> were you know shouting that from the sideline to him so of course he's going to favour you know the team that that he likes but yeah that was quite funny <laughs> that's that's a great yeah, story oh that yeah. is
0: and I think what that stresses as well is you know is how important it is as well you know lower down higher up as well and different age group groups Getting your captain and your pack leader to, to understand and how to chat, how they actually can approach referees. I know that's been highlighted certainly in the men's Six Nations this year with some, some players over-chatting to the refs, some players not chatting enough um, you know, and that level of respect, where do you go with it? There's lots of debates around that and I think that's an important quality for your captains and pack leaders to have as well is that ability to understand and, and be able to talk to the refs. Know. Yeah, you... and
1: having the right qu- the right question to ask the ref to, to understand, like you've said, Maria, what is their one thing that they're trying to pick up on? You know, trying to help your captain or your pack leader to how they speak to the ref to be able to get that answer out of them. Mm-hmm. You know, he's obviously not liking something we're doing at the scrum. We need to find out what it is. He's not talking to you. He's just penalising you or whatever, or the breakdown You know, he keeps pinging us for this, but we need to check. You know, so getting them to, um, getting them to be able to communicate with the referee, and like trying to phrase questions that doesn't put the referee on the back foot because they're already on the back foot with you. You know, you want to try and get them back on side. So um, yeah, I think that's really, really important too. Yeah,
2: and earlier when we were talking about player feedback and and how they feedback towards it's the same with the referee that the players you know don't do it in the moment don't do it when he's just given the penalty and you ask him why I, I ask him later on ask him when there's a stoppage in play yeah. or there's an injury and where you both yeah. calm and you you know you're both chilled and then you can go over and ask their ask his opinion effectively or his or her opinion on on what what they're blowing up for or and um, you know and and.
1: Just to try and understand um, the game from their point of view. Yeah. Great I think, um, Yeah, I think all this leads really nicely into the kind of final element of our uh, discussion, which could be a bit controversial um, and very much about your around your story, Maria. Um, so, would you would you ever coach a player to cheat? And uh, what do you regard as cheating? Talking to the referee during a game, potentially. <laughs> <laughs> I I think
2: you should go first. I want to hear your answer first. I like it.
1: Like it, like it, Maria. Um, I mean, I can categorize... Yes, LJ. (laughs) I can't even get the word out. Um, Would never teach my players to cheat. I think the first element, and again, whether you're coaching... At club level, juniors, university, premiership, safety is the first part. So I always have that element of if I'm teaching them to cheat, it's outside of the law. So am I then going to be potentially allowing them to inflict physical harm on somebody else, which ultimately that's not what we want to happen. Um, there's definitely a grey area though, because uh, you watch teams week in, week out on the TV, who get away with stuff and is it because they're holding people down on the floor pulling them back um not letting them uh move on to the next phase because they've got older your shorts whatever you know is is that cheating or you know is that just kind of part and parcel of playing a competitive sport um but something that is going to actually cause physical harm to your player like i'm not okay with that i definitely Definitely not. And I don't know if you guys have seen much of the the rugby over in New Zealand the last couple of weekends, but, you know, the refs being really hot on the breakdown. I think some of, you know, and as within our coaching team, we've been talking loads about it because there's loads of penalties at the breakdown, but actually probably encouraging a bit of a safer breakdown. Um, Mm. But are those players cheating? or is it just that they're encroaching the laws because they're trying to figure out what's the right wrong thing to do mm. um but yeah cheating is not okay so talking to the referee maria if i was against you i'd be like stop talking to her no, i wasn't helping it is it's
2: gamesmanship isn't it not talking to the referee that's just kind of respect and um you know just yeah you know i i gave up my saturday to be there and and so did he so i think it's yeah. just you know it's it's kind of politeness isn't it and just respect but yeah i think what you're talking about there is like some of the gamesmanship that goes on within the game that if it's against you that's the worst thing that could happen and that is cheating but if your player does it then it's 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 trying to find that balance isn't it and Um, you know there are some really famous examples of when you know cheating has won a game for a team uh, or won a championship or won a cup so um yeah I think yeah as as I said yeah definitely not not cheating Um, you know I never never coach a player to cheat um I think understanding the little nuances in a game is 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 key but I think you only get that through experience and through um playing the game so it's not necessarily something that you can coach it's just you know the little hacks that you have as a player having played for 10 years or or maybe playing lower down and you know playing with with players that are older than you and far you know kind of far more experienced um, and then going up the the levels you you maybe do uh less of that
1: You know.
0: yeah I, I think as a coach you know no, none of us i mean I, I i agree with you both as well you you don't coach your player to cheat it's just not within um you know, the, the kind of laws of the game or, or what we believe in as rugby players and coaches. So, no, I think what coaches tend to do more rather than cheat is it's like, I think as coaches, we look for loopholes, those loopholes in the laws that, um, you know, like LJ said, you know, you, safety is paramount. You know, you have to make sure that everything you do as a coach, you, you, you look after your players and keep your players safe. But I mean, like, you know, OK, so take, for example, a rucks where, you know, you were told to roll away from a ruck. So what do players do? They rolled on the other side of the opposition towards the opposition to slow down opposition ball. <laughs> now, is that cheating or is that a loophole in the, rule, the law? Okay, so they've now bought in the law that says you have to roll away from a rut, but you have to roll away to the side. So, you know, yeah. all the time, those those little, like you say, those nuances, uh, Maria, in the game, coaches will look for loopholes to make, you know, to give the team the advantage. You know, the, the, we were chatting about this, Al, earlier, weren't we? The, um, the famous Italy-England game where, you yeah. know, the players didn't commit to the rut so there was no offside line and the Italy players were in the England back line and England players didn't know what to do. Were they cheating? No, it was a loophole in the law. But do you coach that? Do you not? Is that rugby? Is it not? I think, you know, it's a really interesting one Um, and I certainly, you know, would never coach a player to cheat. And like you said, you know, sometimes players will Tag back players, short. You know, to hold back a player is frustrating. A player responds to it. You know, all those things. It's not. It's not rugby, but but it's, it's sometimes loopholes that kind of and cheating. I I do feel cheating has crept into rugby, and I know there's been lots yeah. of discussions about this. But um, but as a coach, no cheating does not pay because you get found yeah. out in the end.
1: Well, cheating. You know, not even even on the field. It's around the the laws, the rules of your league. You know, or salary caps, drug. Um, concussions you know what you're doing with a player like that if you if you're trying to bend that rule that you know all those things they are cheating you see it in sport all the time don't you and obviously drug takings are quite an easy one to pick out and I know that not necessarily so big in rugby but you know there's that there's the scenario with the Bloodgate in one of the professional games yeah. years ago in the men's game where they were because they wanted to bring another sub back on so those sort of things are cheating too and I think that's probably a more black and white isn't it it's a lot easier to say that is cheating
2: mm. like
1: breaking a salary cap that's cheating but mm. some of the gray area stuff the great gamesmanship stuff that you've suggested Maria as well like that's and that you're not causing physical harm or that becomes a lot more great, isn't it? And harder to
2: mm-hmm.
1: So you don't do necessarily. Yeah.
0: I mean it is a whole that's a whole another discussion, isn't it? It's a whole level. And it's LJ really relevant. You brought out, you know, the other side it's not just in the game, but it's outside the game as well, like, you know, what it encompasses like. You know with drug taking etc and you know bloodgate and there's just a massive area there but as a coach i think the bottom line is no I, you don't teach yeah. your, you you know you keep your players safe you look after the welfare of your players you help them understand but no cheating is not in part of the coach's repertoire definitely so there there we go <laughs>
1: I think that's um, kind of where I've got to with our questions tonight Bird
0: Loving, loving how you led into those questions Eldace Smooth and seamless Really? Thanks. Yeah, pretty cool <laughs> Must have been the sun, eh? Must have
1: been <laughs> My sun <laughs> kissed sheets
0: <laughs> <laughs> Looking rosy, looking
1: rosy
0: uh, um, So is it your quick fire questions now Maria? You're in for yeah. a treat here
1: Yeah So you got to be quick with your answer I've just got two options Don't think Just throw it out there Both of you You ready?
0: We're good We're good to go You okay
1: Maria? Thumbs up? Boom Yeah Okay Books or movies? Movies Movies Nice girls Ketchup or mayonnaise? Mayo Oh Oh bird Come on Come on Ketchup I'd have gone mayo With you Maria Mm -hmm. Uh, Air or sea? Sea Yeah sea Ooh. Hate
0: flying, hate flying.
1: Oh my gosh, I would have gone air 100% every day of the week. No. Uh, iPhone or Android?
0: Android. Oh, God, iPhone every time.
2: iPhone.
0: <laughs> <laughs> iPhone I I, 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 that's, that's only because I don't know
1: any Androids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always say, yeah, Do you know what an Android is? No, no. Like, something
0: that lives in space, <laughs> isn't it? I don't know. <laughs>
1: oh, Lord. Uh, yeah. And the last one is uh, laundry or dishes.
2: Laundry.
0: Yeah, I love a good line. Love hanging out a good line, (laughs) me. (laughs) I
2: hate both, by
0: the way. I hate both. (laughs) Oh, that's excellent. Oh, absolutely brilliant. Maria, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on tonight. And LJ, really, really great host in there. Um, And if you want to hear more, Um, or send in some questions to us um, just visit rugbycoachweekly.net and click on the podcast button to visit the women's section section thank you all for listening stay safe and well and catch up soon thanks lg
1: cheers maria thanks
0: great to see you maria thank you